so if you could just introduce yourself and talk a little bit about maybe your elevator pitch for your book. Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Kira Jane Buxton, and I wrote a book called Hollow Kingdom. Um, It's my debut novel, and it is a sort of... Well, I guess, you know, I think Karen Joy Fowler described it the best way. She said it's like the secret life of pets meets the walking dead. Mm-hmm. So that, I feel like, is the best elevator pitch for it. So, um, uh, I think it's also been described as the incredible journey meets the walking dead. So there's certainly this sort of animal element mm-hmm. and zombie element. Um, and it's about um, a crow named ST who loves people and has this like very sort of uh, quiet little life in the Ravenna neighborhood of um, Seattle. And and he's been raised by this electrician, Big Jim, mm-hmm. who uh, is kind of a good old boy who likes his guns and his trucks. And so Esty has sort of absorbed a lot of his knowledge from uh, Big Jim. And then uh, Big Jim has a sort of incident. His uh, eyeball falls out of his head, rather unfortunately. And ST thinks, oh, no, you know, that's, uh, that's not ideal. And so he, he makes a little trip to Walgreens to try and find some remedies Um some very misguided uh, items that he brings mm-hmm. back to help poor Big Jim. And then he realizes, you know, that it's uh, it's not helping and the problem's a little bit more widespread. So he has to, poor old ST has to sort of venture out into the natural world, uh, which he doesn't believe in because he mm-hmm. feels sort of he's firmly very human and has this sort of anthropocentric lifestyle. Um, so he ventures out and it's, it's, a, it's the adventure of ST to save humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've only I'm only in the first couple of chapters, but I remember when I was reading it. I was like, wait, this is about like this is from a crow's point of view. Yes. And then the whole eyeball thing, I'm like, well, that that that'd be pretty strange. Yes. It's a yeah. It's an it's certainly um, a sort of different perspective. You know, writing from the the perspective of a crow. Um, I've been calling him my protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I I had so much fun writing it. I had so much fun sort of exploring the world through his eyes and looking you know it's like a real bird's eye view of humanity mm-hmm. which was so much fun to explore um i also am very passionate about crows i have two wild crows yeah. uh, i um i love them they're um uh, male and female they're a mated pair they're called tea and dart um or i call them tea and dart obviously <laughs> and uh i just i don't know they're like family to me now i spend a lot of time with them every day and they're hilarious and they're so they're emotionally complex mm-hmm. and they leave me gifts and they accompany me around the neighborhood on walks they know my car from they can differentiate it from other cars and so they sort of swoop down with me as I drive home which is amazing and makes me feel like the queen of crows <laughs> That's really sweet. yeah they're lovely and they're uh I'm, I think I'm also sort of fascinated by crows because they're sort of invisible to us. Mm-hmm. I notice people don't notice them at all, and they're always doing something interesting. And they're synanthropic, so they they thrive living next to people, whereas their you know uh, corvid cousins, the ravens, don't like to be around us. Mm-hmm. But crows do, so they they take advantage of us in amazing ways. And I I just found that so interesting. <laughs> no, I I totally get you. Like um, during the summer times, and especially when it gets into fall, our deck like we have a little ledge that we look out yeah. from our living room, just is of crows they just hang out there and we would just look up and it's like all black and we're like what are they just doing just hanging out I there and i'm like well it's because you have like the bird bath so they're just checking it out is that what they enjoy the bird bath i think so and they yeah. just kind of stare and squawk at each other i love it and it's I like was, a meeting point they're having yeah, a little was, conference yeah i was trying to tell her something like, yeah that's a murder and they're like no it's not and i'm like 
do you not understand what a group of crows are called? Yeah, yeah. It's it's unfortunate. Well, I think it's great because I play with you know words a lot, and I mm-hmm. play with language, and especially as as a humorist, I that was just too much fun for me to ignore. You know, the whole concept mm-hmm. of murder. But um, we just sort of um, ascribe these uh, collective nouns to animals, and it's there's no reason for it other than we've just decided. So I know that crows sort of historically were associated with death and the occult and and sort of during you know uh the plague you know they were mm-hmm. seen feasting on bodies because they're they're carrying animals so that they they had this you know bad reputation and and so murder got that's the that's what we gave them for a collective noun and ravens very sadly also they have a collective noun for raven is an unkindness an unkindness um and, you know, we've just given these random, a shiver of sharks or a, a clowder of cats or a, I think it's like a cuddle of koalas, which is really adorable. But that's you know, sort of we've just decided and and I explore that a lot in the book is this idea of, you know, prejudice and mm-hmm. what we decide about something. For example, ST doesn't like penguins and he doesn't have a great reason. But I think that's interesting to explore. What are the things that we just decide like, well, that sucks. And you know we don't mm-hmm. we don't we don't know it we we're maybe a little bit afraid of it and yeah so but murder is pretty fascinating to me yeah I mean you think like seagulls would be the ones that get all the bad rap because they're just the worst <laughs> it's funny I I have come to love them um, and I also learned that you know we we use the word seagull but we're really talking about a lot of different types of gull mm-hmm. and they're different and it's it's pretty like what okay i'm just to tell you one thing about seagulls i'm gonna try not to bore you with bird trivia but do you know that red dot that you see on the beak of a mm-hmm. of certain gulls that dot is what the chicks they when they have hatched and they're hungry they'll peck that little red dot and that is the signal for the adult gull to give them food oh okay yeah, i never knew that isn't that cool like yeah. i th- i think it's one of those things where as i researched for the book i just was so i fell in love and was so enamored of of all these different creatures that we share the planet with and they have all these sort of fascinating quirks that that we either forget about or we don't know about and once you know your view of them changes, you know? You, you, you're sort of uh, inclined to respect them more. I don't think my view of seagulls will change. It's though. not going to change. I'm not, Just, I haven't succeeded, I have I? I live over in Bremerton, so <laughs> when I have to park on the street and keep moving my car, uh-huh. I like I came back out on Thursday, and I'm like, oh, okay, they hit my car. Because oh. they just, it was just covered. It was white. It was just covered. And I'm like, I didn't park under a lamppost, though. Oh. You shouldn't get me. You got targeted, though. Yeah, it just cracked me up. Because I'm just like, this is the second time. Oh, no. It's all right. It yeah. just, it cracked me up. And it's just like, yep, I have to drive by like where my dad works, and he has uh-huh. a mechanic shop. So I can always, like, I have to, like, get it clean before he comes home or something. Because oh. he'll just be like, you're not really washing a car, are you? Oh, and I'm like, no. no, it's not me. They they targeted the me. The seagulls are after me. What color is your car? Uh, it's gold. So oh, it's kind of no. bright. Yeah. And I try not to park under any trees or anything. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. It's tough. I know. It's tough. <laughs> but yeah, it cracks me up. Because I'm just like, yeah, I mean... The only place it would happen would probably be here. Yeah. Just because it's like, because uh, Bremerton is right there where the ferry is, so we're right there exactly. on the water. It's gold territory. Yeah. That's it. You're in gold territory. They're like, you should know better by Yeah, now. exactly. They're like, hello, this is how more clear could we be? <laughs> so how are you liking Geek Girl Con so far, since you said this oh. was your first time attending it? Yeah, it's my first time, and it will not be my last time. Um, I think it's extraordinary. I just 
walked into the conference and felt this big rush of positive energy and um, the cosplay is sensational and I'm very excited and walking around where all the exhibits are and mm -hmm. seeing the work of all these incredible artists um, I think I got a hit of inspiration I've been missing for a little while mm -hmm. um, so yeah incredibly uh, welcoming and well organized and um, I've already met some extraordinary people being here and some authors that, you know, have yeah. some new books and I think it's a wonderful, wonderful con and I hope it grows and grows and grows and, you know, seeing these little, mm -hmm. little girls in costumes and their dads are, mm -hmm. you know, shepherding them around and taking them and, and also the sort of the range of what's on offer, mm -hmm. you know, I, uh, I was very sad. I think I missed one, uh, that was about bugs. And I wanted to go to that. Did you see that one? There was a, there's a, two women who are, I think, very, uh, they had, they were bringing some bugs with them. They were going to talk about insects and. I think I missed that. That might have I been on one of the children panel, or maybe oh, it was in DIY, DIY okay. downstairs. I'm okay. not sure because I know they do like a lot of learning stuff, and yeah. I know they had a couple women from NASA here talking I know. to some of these girls, and I'm like, hey, that's amazing. I'm it's, like, it's NASA. It's phenomenal. And talking about their journey and then what's possible, mm -hmm. uh, it's it's brilliant. It's very inspiring. Yeah, I love it. I'm I'm very excited. I'm so honored to have been asked to come, mm -hmm. and then I am hoping I'll get to come back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but next time in costume. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I normally dress up in costume when I come with a group of my friends, so we always like try and plan. Yeah. And I'm like, no, not this year. Yeah, you have a lot going on this year. <laughs> yeah, and it's like too with like props and if people want to do photos, if you take everything yes. off, like take off your like bags and badges and stuff. Yes. And it's kind of nice just like walking through the con without maybe being in cosplay just to yes. get check out everything and get to see some of the great outfits yes and not have to worry about like spilling anything i totally agree my husband and i we accidentally recently became cosplayers mm -hmm. because we won a halloween costume party and it went to our heads we're like oh we won because we never win anything so mm -hmm. we were like oh we won something and so we <laughs> we again the next year decided to kick it up a notch so the first year we were like uh Call Drogo and Khaleesi, which was, you know, not mm -hmm. too difficult. Next year we did, um, we went bananas and we did, uh, we did, oh, we did Maleficent and Darth Vader. Oh. And that was really fun. We were like villains with heart. And then the next year we went crazy and we did Rocket and Groot and the, his Groot costume. He, my husband's six foot five in this costume. He's about, he's over seven feet tall. And it's like a legit, we made it from uh, yoga mats and, oh, okay. um, and it's got real moss on it and it's got pipe insulation. Like it's, it's amazing, but we can't, he can't breathe in it. And uh, and he can't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So when we went to we went to Emerald City Comic Con and mm -hmm. we took them there and we just couldn't go anywhere or enjoy the art because we were doing pictures all the time. But well, it was it sounds like a it sounds really amazing. I've never heard of yoga mats used before. I yeah, know. yeah. I know kind of yeah. like the big thing right now is warbler. Yes, that's so, right. Because I have a couple friends used. Uh, yeah. that you make. Like, I have a friend of mine who gets commissioned to make armor, and she uses it all the time. Very cool. And whenever I go to cons with her, she's like, yeah, I can't sit down. You guys have to unbuckle me before, <laughs> like, if we go eat. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I need to be unbuckled for oh, my feet gosh. up, please. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's a commitment. But the other thing I love about it is that the, the general um, sort of uh, – 
a sort of really warm and encouraging environment, and everybody's dressed up、mm-hmm. however they want to be, and everybody's celebrating that and taking、yeah. pictures and asking questions and sharing tips, and it is an incredibly friendly and open environment. And I, you know, being very new to cosplay <laughs> and being very amateur,、um, really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. That's really great. I think Geek Girl Con was like the first one that my friends and I debuted our Sailor Scouts. Oh, how cool! Yeah. That are、um, sorry, Sailor Avengers.、So、oh, okay. All the different Avengers and but like Sailor Moon versions of them. Oh, how fun! And so we just did all of the male ones, and we just switched them to female ones. I love that. Because we had like test tried them out some other places, and it didn't really go over well. Why? Just because you know it was in the early days. Okay. I mean, it was like、okay. back 2014, I guess. Okay. Just. The males there were really mean. Like they were just、Aww. talking about us being fake geek girls and stuff like that. Oh, and I、sorry. love that. Like Jordan is like using it as like a weapon now, as like fake、yeah. geek girl and proud to be. Wow, I yeah, didn't know about that. That's yeah, really so fascinating. It was. It like changed a lot of perspective for me. Like、mm-hmm. I bring my sister here to this con、yeah. when she was younger because I wanted her to know that like you know. Because she likes video games and all、yeah. that other stuff, it's totally fine. Yes. Nobody's gonna like get in your face about it. No. And everybody、uh, is celebrated、mm-hmm. for being a geek, which、yeah. I think is the very best thing. Yeah. yeah. And people are like super nice at Geek Girl Con, and、yeah. I love like going up to the exhibitors hall, and you just see woman after woman. In、mm. Artist Alley, in the merch、mm. booths, like all of these companies that、mm-hmm. are just amazing, and it's not just females; it's males too. Yeah.、Uh, but it's just it's really nice to see. Yeah. And I love all of the kid events that they do here、yes. too. Yes. Like I was checking out the science zone and stuff. I'm like, am I too old to go in there? No, you go in. <laughs> you enjoy it.、Yeah. It's all about curiosity. That's really cool. <laughs>、yeah. Um. So, do you have any advice for like first-time writers who are listening? Yes, I do. Um. I I I love to I love to talk to other writers because I、uh, it took me a long time to come back to writing. I wrote when I was little, and then I kind of sort of tinkered with it, but it took a long time、uh, to come back to it. I I spent many years、um, trying to be an actress,、mm-hmm. and so I have I have a lot of projection under my belt, and I think that that can be a superpower.、Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we think of.、Um, You know, sometimes we talk about like the overnight success, and that's sort of really、uh, heralded as something great in our society. But rarely does that ever happen. It's not a reality.、Mm-hmm. What's real is you have to keep going, and you have to keep writing, and you have to keep、uh, making connections and building a support group. It's、mm-hmm. so important.、Um, two organizations that have been so helpful to me are.、Um, I took classes here in Seattle at Hugo House when I first was sort of coming back to writing,、mm-hmm. um, and I found other writers who were, you know, who who didn't, you know, give me a hard time or or make fun of me or、mm-hmm. or you know take the upper hand because they were more experienced. Instead, they sort of really、uh, took me under their wing and and listened when I had something to share. And I was always terrified of sharing <laughs> writing, like, whoa, no.、Um, and then the other other wonderful wonderful.、Um, Thing that helped me was that I discovered Hedgebrook, which is、um, an organization based、uh, out of、uh, Whidbey Island,、um, and Nancy Nordoff started it. And it's basically、uh, this this gorgeous.、Um, she bought all this land and then she built these little cottages, individual cottages, and you apply for a residency, and they support women writers by、um, inviting them to come to the island, and they take care. They call it radical hospitality, and they take care of everything. So all that the writer has to do is write. 
and they take care of meals everything's fresh from the garden it's it's an incredible experience and they also do um sort of workshops and salons and other various things throughout the year but through Hedgebrook um I built a writing community and I felt that that was one of the biggest things I could do was I had people to go to because writing is a really lonely endeavor you know you're alone a lot and um the rejection is inevitable absolutely mm-hmm. inevitable and and certainly for me as a humor writer I I felt like in some ways that was how I built my comedy chops was by having some really difficult experiences and surviving them and thinking about ways in which, mm-hmm. you know, oh my gosh, this insane thing happened to me, um, which is usually the premise of a joke, <laughs> you know, ultimately is something that was really tough has been changed into something, a story, you mm-hmm. know, that you've, um, you know, manipulated. And I, um, so I'd say, hang in, rack up the rejections, have, have the most fun you can have. Um, be yourself. Don't try to write. I, I think sometimes women are made to feel guilty for having big dreams or uh, aspirations. You know, mm-hmm. like I want to be a, uh, I want to, I want to publish a book. I want to be a New York Times bestseller. I want to be, and that's looked at as vulgar. Don't apologize for your ambition, um, and also. Don't make that the reason you're writing. It can be a reason, you know, and a goal mm-hmm. and a hope, but but write for you. Write the thing that only you can write. Um, that was what happened for me, is that when I let go and wrote something that was just something I felt that was burning inside me, and I, you know, a crow, like writing from the point of view of a crow uh, named S.T., and I can't even probably say his real name because it's so Okay, he's Shit Turd. Like a crow named Shit Turd who goes to save humanity and, you know, different perspective of of animals around the world. I didn't think anybody would touch this novel. (laughs) There's no way. And then, you know, skip to, you know, months later... I think the most gratifying thing was getting a phone call from phone calls from big agents in New York saying uh, how much they love shit turd. <laughs> and that was like this moment of, wow, I spent, you know, I, I wrote three, three other novels and a memoir before this one. And um, I, the difference was this was, I wasn't trying so hard to impress anyone with this. I just, I let go and I wrote freely mm-hmm. from my heart, which sounds a little cliche, but it's that's true. When you're when you're really true to yourself, some magic can happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. So, um, do you have like one piece of advice for like going into publishing? Because you know, writing and publishing are just two different worlds. Yeah. Going into the publishing world, always trust your intuition. I made a I made a goal for myself pretty early on when I when I realized like oh this this might actually be happening I might actually get a chance <laughs> to have a book published and I I said I wanted to work with kind people I wanted to work with people who you know fierce at what they do you know my agent is a lion in the literary world and but he is an incredibly kind person mm-hmm. and my editor and my publishing house there there everybody that works there they're good, kind people who care about their authors and they care about um, they care about putting great books out in the world. And so, you know, if, if you have that, that you, you, you do have authority. You mm-hmm. always have authority. You always have authority as, as an author, as the leading authority on your writing and your work, but you also get to choose who you work with. 
And if there's someone that you don't feel is a good match, you don't have to just go along with it. Trust your gut, I would say. Yeah. That's some really great advice. Thank you. Um, so what motiv- motivated you to keep writing like on the hard days when you just had a block or you just didn't want to write anymore? I'm not someone who's had a lot of blocks. I'm quite lucky. I feel, I think what it is is I, I feel like it took me a long time to come back to writing and I have that, I just feel joy when I get to sit down. I also think it's a very big privilege to mm-hmm. be able to have the time to sit and write. And so um, I tend to not have that problem. But recently, because I've been doing a lot of promotion and I have found I've got a little bit of burnout and there are hard times, you know, where I sit down and I think, oh my goodness, you know, how do I switch gears from promoting a novel or, you know, going on book tour, which is, it takes a lot of energy to coming back to writing. Um, I think when you have those moments, it's okay to take a break. And writing is also not, you're not just a writer when you're sitting down writing. Mm -hmm. Writing is something that, you know, follows you everywhere you go you're sort of on call and you never know when the muse is gonna strike you know you just don't know and sometimes um an experience like either reading a book that's completely different to what i'm writing but is very beautiful or inspiring or funny or sometimes that will jolt something in my mind so Mm -hmm. so making sure you're reading things that are keeping you um sort of invigorated but also you know go have an adventure if you're really stuck at the page, go have an adventure. Go do something that you would never do. Like, oh, I don't know, if you haven't ridden a horse in a while, that's usually... Every time I ride a horse, something goes wrong, so there's always a funny story in it. So I would probably... I always, they, always, they always give me the horse that's like got the twitchy eye and, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, oh, I think this horse is emotionally unstable. And they're like, this is the horse for you. And it's like... Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, don't put too much pressure on yourself and don't take the whole thing too seriously. The best advice, writing advice I'd ever received, it was from my husband who, you know, in the midst of, I was in the midst of despair because I had over-edited a novel mm-hmm. and I'd become very close to getting my to getting an agent and the whole thing fell apart and I could not see this novel because I had tinkered with it for years and I just lost it. I just lost the novel and I was so... I was really down in the dumps. And then it was not just that rejection. It was these three novels, a memoir, and 10 years of acting that didn't work out. And I was heartbroken. And I thought, I'm never going to accomplish anything. Like, this is, I'm just a failure. My whole life I have failed. I don't know what success is like. And um, he said, he said, just go write the thing about the crows. Just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And we forget that sometimes what just in the enjoyment of something is enough you know and that can sort of spark some magic and um and don't put all your eggs in one basket i think um i think if you can you know i while i was writing novels i was sort of building up my bylines by writing you know i love to write humor so i was trying to find the my favorite publications and trying to get published there and I started to do that and that opens up your mind in different ways too and and those little glimmers of success like I um it was I think New Year's Eve I I said my husband said to me we clinked our glasses together and he said what if you could have anything would you choose to have happen this year what what's your goal and I said well I love McSweeney's internet tendency and I would love to get published there and I didn't put too much pressure on myself, but I, uh, I, I wrote a piece and I submitted it and got in, and, it, and that changed my life, because, like I said, it was a lot of rejection, and this was the sort of first 
first like a kind of uh, permission slip. Like, yeah, you can write funny things. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really great. So, um, could you tell us anything about like any projects you're working on right now that might be coming on the horizon? Yeah. As long as like an agent won't run in here like jumping <laughs> on top of us like, no, don't say anything more. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't been allowed to talk about it for um, a little while, but um, there is uh, we are there is more coming from this world with ST. Mm-hmm. So there's another book. Oh, that's uh, great. Thank you. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, and... Um, this and then Hollow Kingdom is um, being translated into uh, several different languages, uh, which is very exciting. And also, um, AMC have optioned the TV rights to make a show. Well, that's amazing. I mean, they yeah. did The Walking Dead, so they're looking for I more know. stuff. I know it's pretty cool. I think um, I loved their vision for it, and they're thinking adult animation. So I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, it's uh, and all from something I thought would never, never take flight. Uh oh bird puns yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you're kind of like prepared for all the bird puns do you have like the shirt the necklace i do i do did you see the shirt it says, yeah crows uh, before bros yes and, and we thought it was awesome when we were standing in line i was I talking with somebody else and we're like oh my gosh look at the shirt <laughs> you can get them on etsy and i'm very embarrassed that i can't remember the name of the vendor but um yeah crows before bros it is my philosophy um so what do you have any like writers or authors that have inspired you in writing yeah i loved as a kid i read um gerald durrell and he wrote a book he wrote many books but he wrote one called my family and other animals that um just really was this introduction to writing about a childhood abroad he moves to corfu he's he's from the uk and as a kid he moved to corfu in greece and um, and also being so crazy in love with animals, and then also talking about his family in a very humorous way. And I just, I, I fell in love with it, and I, it's still one of my favorite books. Um, and then now I, I'm sort of really inspired by uh, all humor writers. I love David Sedaris. I always go to see him when he's in town. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, yeah I, I you're know. just like David Sedaris. I know it's so bad, and yeah, he he does not know who I am, but it's okay. I'll just continue to stalk him, and maybe one day. Um, I love Tom Robbins. I think he's amazing. Um, I lo- but I also love a lot of. Um, Writers, like I love um, the poet Mary Oliver, the late poet Mary Oliver, who you know you writes definitely about. Definitely know her work. Yes. I went to PLU's to like her, like what are you gonna do with this one? Oh, wonderful life. Yes. That's their slogan. Love. Because she came there years and years ago. Really? Yeah. They even have video of it of her just saying, "I'm not gonna talk any louder, so better listen up." Yes. Oh my gosh, brilliant, brilliant. Annie Dillard. Um, you know these. We, Cy Montgomery is a brilliant, um, you know, she writes about nature and she's absolutely brilliant. She wrote a book called The Soul of an Octopus, which is just, oh, it's beautiful. Um, oh, there's so many. Um, I, yeah, I love I love writers who, who play with humor and also are not afraid to go to dark places. Mm-hmm. Um, like Oyen Kong Breathwaite wrote um, My Sister the Serial Killer, and it's dark and it's edgy and it's, it's so great. It's so great. I love very sharp satire, so mm-hmm. anything that sort of is uh, using humor to illuminate societal problems. I think it, there's it, there's really no better use for it, you know? Yeah. It, it's hopeful, but it's also critical, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So for our listeners listening right now, uh, where can people find you on social media to connect with you and find out more about your books and your writing? Oh, yeah. Um, I have a website. I'm at kirajanebuxton.com. And I am on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm at kirajanewrites. And I'm on Facebook as Kira Jane Buxton. And I, I do warn you, though, it is it is a lot. Is, there's a very high bird content. There's a lot. Like, my I have hummingbird friends, and I my crows are on there, and I, I have Stellar's Jays now. So it's a lot of birds, and then, you know, some of my other fun adventures. But, yeah, lo- animals. Yeah. So many animals. I think animals. it'd be pretty disappointing if I didn't see any birds <laughs> if I went there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I, I worked with a wonderful... Um, uh, Instagrammer who helps who helped me with social media because I was a bit clueless with Instagram and she was like mm, I think the, the bird content's a little high and I was like ah there cannot be enough birds you know <laughs> so I don't know but yeah I enjoy them <laughs> okay well thank you so much for like sitting down and talking with me today oh my gosh my pleasure thank you